This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hi, I'm Bex. And I'm Laura. And we're here to talk openly and honestly about miscarriage, stillbirth, and all pregnancy loss. We aim to smash the taboo surrounding these subjects. And rebuild the topic in a way to support and educate women. Rather than isolate and shame them. Welcome to the worst girl gang ever. Hang on, I've lost you. Where have you gone? Oh no. Oh, no, I've got you. Right. Right, okay. Is everyone ready now? Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of The Worst Girl Gang Ever. We're lucky to be joined this week by Bex. Hi Bex. Hello. Hello. It's lovely How's to have it going? you here. In the studio. Sorry. <laughs> oh my god, I'm cutting that. It's not funny anymore. <laughs> it's always going to be funny. It's lovely air conditioning in this studio. Is it? I don't know which studio oh, you're in. If only. Yeah. It's horrendous. It's been it's raining here this afternoon, so we're a little Has bit cooler it? now. Yeah. Whereabouts are you, Bex? Nottingham. Oh, oh okay. north. Is that up north or is that Midlands? No, not even, that, yeah. It's north of Watford Gap. Yeah. So, yeah, it's up north to us, Laura. So, anyway. Um, we Bex, digress. We, we do digress, as always. Um, Tech, would you be able to talk us through a little bit about your story? What brings you to be a member of the worst girl gang ever? Well, so just as we entered into lockdown um, with coronavirus, um, I found out I was pregnant, which was a bit of a surprise because we hadn't been properly trying, but we knew we mm. wanted a second child. And our last child took us two, nearly two years to conceive. Okay. So we were um, not anticipating it to happen that easily, I suppose. Um, mm -hmm. So very exciting positive pregnancy test great then had to work from home because self-isolating fine didn't tell anyone because we wanted it to be a lovely surprise for everybody as you do like at you know when when you can talk about it at 12 weeks yeah and then 10 weeks so I would have been 10 weeks and we went for a private scam and it was the bank holiday and I don't know why we wanted to go for a, a private scam but I just wanted to check my dates and things you go in thinking you're just going to get a lovely picture and then maybe it'll be a little yeah. bit more real. And I had to go in on my own because of COVID. And so my other half was outside with my two-year-old daughter and didn't really consider properly what would happen if there was anything wrong because I kind mm. of wanted to be positive. But it was just the most horrendous experience you're lying there in a very sterile environment um, mm. the person talking to you's got full mask apron gloves and they do that thing I've not had a miscarriage before this is my first miscarriage it was a miss miscarriage and she did that thing where she seemed they all do with everybody um, you know uh, have you had any pain have you had any bleeding mm -hmm. and I'm like no uh, really is that before the scan started or after she'd started scanning after you? scanning my stomach at that point um okay. so she must have known straight away because at 10 weeks I should have had 
a little baby on the screen that was moving and, and a heartbeat. Um, a heartbeat. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And she was just like doing that thing where she was like digging further into your stomach and stuff. And then she said to me, I think we need to do an internal because your dates might be wrong. And, and what did you think? Point, was there any chance that your dates could be wrong? No, because we don't have sex that often for it to be wrong. <laughs> Fair play. It doesn't speak very well. Yeah. No, I knew. I knew by her reaction in the room. Yeah. Like, the just... room takes on a different quality, doesn't it, almost? It's almost like the air changes. Because I remember when we had our pre-chat chat, you and I have really similar dates. And I just remember us saying before that there's just become the atmosphere drops in the room in yeah. my chest I felt a bit tight and I was like what's coming and mm. then she said um she did the internal which is really undignified I mean I know we all go through it if you have a learning scan but um the lightsaber yes <laughs> the lightsaber <gasps> she <gasps> she put the condom on the lightsaber <laughs> and up it went dim the lights and then the lightsaber glows <laughs> Yeah. and then she draws her conclusions obviously she's done her measurements and she's like I'm really sorry um there's no heartbeat I don't know I don't really I just remember thinking I've got to get out of here I've got to get out of here I need to yeah. see Rich I need to see my boyfriend I need to be with him and she was like let me ring the early pregnancy unit for you blah 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 but she also said there's two so oh and neither of them had a heartbeat and they were measuring the same and I was like oh wow <laughs> this is like that's a lot to take in isn't it in one so like, much oh. to take in yeah. I was just like twins like I had to say it so that she was like yeah and I'm like oh like it's like you dream about having twins mm -hmm. in a nice way Yes, you know, it's going to be the hardest thing you'll ever do. Have two newborns. If you've had a, no, a newborn before, you'll know that that's going to be hell. But you think, oh, it's like my dream little family, you know? Yeah. Especially yeah. when you've had troubles conceiving before. You just do dream about, I always wanted quadruplets. Oh, do you know, I always wanted four children until I got to the point where um, I started trying for my daughter and it didn't happen just like that. Yeah, um, yeah. And then I thought, I'm really grateful for what I've got. But it doesn't stop that hankering for another child. Yeah. But yes, it was so much to take in. And then the worst thing is having to convey it to your partner afterwards. Um, because he's mm. still, even though I was at this point hysterical, because you just can't, you can't control the, the emotions in that situation. Then the sonographer doing the scans, like, let me call the early pregnancy unit for you. And I'm like, I've just got to get out of here. And I'm calling rich on the phone who's outside and i'm saying those words you know there's two at which point he's like whoa and i'm like no, no 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 it's really bad news you need to come and i'm like and like choking back sobs and i'm like there's no heartbeat and he's just going what what it's just like oh. running to the door and he was like banging on the door of the the scan center because he was so desperate to see me and they just they were like sir we can't let you in because of coronavirus and I was oh just like just let me out just let me yeah. out I don't need yeah. any of this you told me the worst news you can tell me I need to get out yeah just horrendous oh I'm sorry that's awful it's yeah. it's like proper grief like raw grief isn't it 
yeah yeah it's it's a heartbreak I've it's really difficult to explain I said this to my friend the other day you're grieving for something that could have been and that's really difficult because if like someone you loved's died you've got memories but I've got no Mm, memory it's tough it really is and it's It's almost like you're grieving for your dreams yeah that you will never have and then all the things that people tell you that I know you've touched on before with other people but the things people say well at least you've already got a daughter or at least it happened quickly or it happened quickly next time or at least you can get pregnant like Mm. none of these things are a given like concentrate on what you do have that's one I've had a lot concentrate on what you do have I think you only understand all these things all these well-meaning comments you only understand it if you've lost a baby you only understand why they're so painful and yeah, seem so insensitive if you've experienced that they loss. seem to someone who hasn't been through it they seem positive and mm. you know well-meaning and and they are it is all well meant but it just cuts deep when you're going through it at least you can get pregnant well that doesn't help me because the outcome is the same it's no baby yeah yeah and so following that horrendous day Talk us through what happened next. Um, well, we then went to the early pregnancy unit the next day. I'd already had like my booking in appointment and stuff. So when I got home from the private scan, I rang my community midwife, who was lovely. She was so kind. And she, I was very upset on the phone. And she was like, I'm going to sort this out for you. We're going to get you into the early pregnancy unit tomorrow. Um, and we'll get this all confirmed and she was just like just be kind to yourself like relax like she was really like you know are you surrounded by people that love you like do you have support um she was like I know because of coronavirus you won't have everybody you need do you have a supportive partner like she was really nice um and then it's all a bit of a blur because you're so emotional and it's really hard to like I've got a two-year-old so you know why is mommy sad like it's just that heartbreaking thing and and then going to the early pregnancy unit the next day and rich was thankfully he was allowed in because he really struggled those like i don't know 24 hours or whatever between the two scans he really struggled because he had not been in the private scan he didn't believe it and that made it harder for me because mm. he was doing all this Googling and he was like, maybe it's too early for a heartbeat. And like, mm. you're like, I know we were 10 weeks. We should have had what looked like a small baby. Like, yeah. well, we've um, touched on this before, Bex, haven't we? You had yeah. sort of a very similar experience. Really similar. My husband didn't have the same, not, not closure because obviously we're not, we not even got closure now, I don't think, but he didn't have the same experience as me because he wasn't allowed in so he it was just the same as you and your partner it was yeah. me going there's no heartbeat and then as soon as he was allowed into the hospital which was like six hours later because he had to take our child home and sort out childcare and stuff he was in there going well what if it was too early you know he'd spoken to people and said oh this has happened they said well are you sure that about the dates because she doesn't get regular you know she's not got a regular system but are you sure about the dates because it could be too early and he was going what if they you know what if you take this medication it's too early and you're flushing out our baby and our baby's all this panic that's making me go oh my god what if it was what if this mm. is the thing and, and then questioning questioning and it's so painful yeah isn't it it's so painful and to have the person that you love most in the world there questioning your baby 
desperate for it not to be true. Desperate, yeah, yeah, of course. Desperate. It's desperate. Yeah, you clutch at straws, won't you? Oh, and believe yeah. anything. I mean, this experience is going to be so common for people, all people who've had losses during lockdown. Yeah. And it just adds an extra sort of layer to the trauma, doesn't it? It really does. It adds a new dimension to mm-hmm. the isolation and, and the loneliness for us. But also I think it adds a really strange sort of isolation and and the men they're already not quite a part of this whole process and yeah, they yet, haven't lived the they're not even allowed in yeah yeah and that's the only connection they get with a baby when it's that little yeah. as well like they this screen like i can't even feel it inside me so why would they have any connection to it from outside mm. yeah it was really difficult for him and then it was just as emotional, even the day later, even though we had the bad news, having it confirmed. Yeah. Mm. Um, and then having to choose how to manage it. It's like, I was like, well, aren't you supposed to decide that, like, to the medical? So what <laughs> options were you given, Bex? Uh, well, because of COVID, they weren't doing um, anaesthetic, under anaesthetic, general anaesthetic. So um, my options were medical management or natural management. And in the time before we went to the early pregnancy unit, I'd done a little bit of reading and decided that I wanted to try for natural management because I knew we wanted to have another child and I'd read a few bits about scarring and stuff. Um, So I was like, I'm going to try for natural. Now, Rich, my other half, thought I wouldn't be able to hack that because I was so emotional about still having the pregnancy symptoms and the sore boobs and the nausea I had awful mm-hmm. morning sickness this time. So I still had all of that, but I said, that's what I wanted to do. I don't know. It was something about not having any control over the situation mm-hmm. and what had happened and wanting to take that control back. So I wanted yeah. to be at home and I didn't want to be in a hospital and I, you know, I just wanted it to happen naturally. Um, but that was in itself very difficult. Did they, they tell you what to expect? When you no, ask no one the babies. Expects. I don't think anybody tells you how painful it is physically and how messy. And I was really surprised that I had like proper contractions mm. and had to push to get mm. the pregnancy sack out. And I don't know what I was expecting, but I wasn't expecting that. It's, yeah, it's pretty gruesome. I so think. how long were you having the contractions for? Um, I went to bed with pains and had um, some paracetamol and a hot water bottle and that was like eight o'clock the night before and I'd been having like mild period cramps all day and then they got really bad. They, it felt a bit like early labour with my daughter, like just really bad period pains that were uncomfortable. I couldn't get comfortable and then I passed the babies about seven o'clock in the morning Oh, wow. Okay. And how did you, where were you? In my bathroom on the toilet. Were you? Yeah. I just, and did you know when it had happened? I knew when it had happened, but I didn't know that was going to happen then. Um, okay. And then I fished them out. Yeah. Just because I, I wanted to be sure what had happened, because it was like a plop and a, yeah. a heavy sensation. And then Rich was with me because I'd been shouting for him to come down and be with me because I was in quite a bit of pain. And he was like, well, that's definitely it. And I was just like a bit gobsmacked, really. It feels because we had similar in that 
when I started miscarrying at home because for me the medical management that's what I chose and I think that as a whole shows how different everyone is within this same you know the spectrum of miscarriage everyone is so different in what they want what they feel comfortable with because art you felt like you just wanted that control you just wanted to go home I felt that I didn't want to go home with the baby still inside me so I opted for the medical management and then it didn't work so I had three had three sort of doses and then I got sent home because they said with COVID and they couldn't keep me in and blah, blah, blah. Couldn't do a surgical procedure there. So they sent me home and I started miscarrying at home and went to the toilet as you did. And I remember think, thinking, I, can't, I, I don't want this to happen here. I, I don't want to flush. I don't want to flush. Mm-hmm. And I remember Rob coming up with a, a slotted spoon and a bowl and fishing through the toilet for for this for the yeah. for what we were worried was going to be the baby and it's the most undignified kind of horrendous experience but you do it don't you yeah it's weird it's like something takes over when it's happening to you i don't know like i i talked i taught i had a little bump and everything because i was really bloated straight away as soon as i found out i was pregnant this time and um I talked to my bump every night for like two weeks when the babies were still in there before I miscarried them because there was that two week wait. Yeah. I was, I was distraught. Like there were many times that I had a breakdown about my body and hating my body and why they, you know, like they, my body's failed these babies and now it just won't let them go. And I need, I need to get back to being me and be myself again. Yeah. I still felt so pregnant. And I, I talked to my bump. I was like, it's time for you to go now. Like, you need to leave, mm. mommy. That's really emotional. And it's really funny that you should say that because initially I felt the same about my body. And I was like, for goodness sake, like, how could you let me get here? And then when I was in the hospital, my mum sent me a text message. And she said, just tell your beautiful, brave body that it's okay to let go now. And I can remember that completely spun it on its head for me because I was like, my amazing body has just held on to this baby because my body's so desperate to be a mum again. It's just held on to this baby. It's not my body's fault. One of my midwives, one of my community midwives, she said to me, because I spoke, they they phoned me to check up on me after I'd had the actual miscarriage. And she said to me, because I was like, I just, I'm so scared to be pregnant again because I don't want to ever go through this again. But I'm so desperate to be pregnant because I feel so empty. She said just realize that this time your body was so desperate to have these babies that it held on to them if you can take anything away from this your body wanted those babies to survive learn to love your body again because I was like so angry about my body letting me down I think that's I think that's a really important thing for anyone out there who's really angry with their body because when I got home after it happened, I was so mad that I just got really drunk, like stupid drunk, because I just thought, fuck it. There's no point. It was like a self-destruct thing. Mm. Just like, what's the point? What's the point in you, stupid body? You can't even do what you're supposed to be bloody here for. And you just like, it's like a, a self-punishment thing. And it was after my mum, I had a chat, really lovely chat with my mum about that whole, you know, your body is so brave and and it just wanted to hold on that I really started being able to like love my body again and love the fact that it did, it was trying to do what was 
what it wanted to do for the for that baby but it couldn't and that's not my fault that's not my body's fault and it's the same for you you know your body was desperately trying to to hold on just so hard to let it go isn't it yeah yeah it really is it's really really tough not to hate your body for like you say not being able to do there's as far as i'm concerned the one thing i was put on this earth to do is have children to procreate and all the time it wasn't working i just just felt less of a woman and i i just hated myself for 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 failing at that and you're right there'll be so many people listening to this who who do feel the same and it is it's tough there's so many so many awesome about every woman you know there's so many awesome things that we can do with our bodies and i can't run very fast at all I'm but i'm not gonna shimmying. beat myself <laughs> as in this yeah <laughs> i'm not as you could maybe just tell but it's no. just this one thing that you know historically we're put here to do yeah i truly feel like that society makes you feel like that as well though because yes true everything is geared towards having children becoming a family oh as soon as you get married people say when are you having children if you go to a family party past the age of 30 and you haven't got children everyone's like are you going to have children why aren't you going to have children had that for the first couple of years of our relationship and during the time that we were really struggling to conceive our daughter it was heartbreaking to put a brave face on it and make a joke out of it and all in good time and people don't realize it's another thing like on top of miscarriage of the pressure they put on people by asking them such intimate private questions like the the thing is it's crazy isn't it because no one says imagine if someone's if you were at a party and someone said so you having sex three times a week you know you just wouldn't but in a way that's Mm. just as personal and intimate isn't it how's your sperm count yeah (laughs) (laughs) when they tell you your biological clock is ticking oh i used to have I've got that going on in my head constantly. Mm. I used to have someone that used to come up to me and go, TikTok. What? <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It's crazy. <laughs> oh. like, talk about you have no idea. She was like, she was a, a young girl, bless her. Sometimes I think because so much of it is so well-meaning, you don't, you don't automatically leap to the, I'm going to put you in your place. No. But actually... Depends what frame of mind you're in. Yeah. yeah. And I think sometimes it's necessary because... Although, yes, they will feel awkward, they will also obviously think twice about asking that question again to someone else. Yeah. Yeah. It's just thinking of the best response in that situation. So I went to the early pregnancy unit a few days ago, didn't I? And uh, because of COVID, you have to give a passcode when you enter the building to the security guards. And you have to tell them where you're going. So I said early pregnancy unit and walked through and he went, oh yeah, that way. Congratulations. Who goes to the early pregnancy unit for good news? Anyone? Anyone? Right in, right in, right into the studio. If you've had gone to the early pregnancy unit for good news. Like, right in on a postcard yes. to the studio. P.O. box. No. <laughs> but at the time I thought, I just laughed and shook my head because I just thought, oh my goodness. Like how many people has he said that to? And when I was leaving, I thought I should probably say to him so that he doesn't do it to someone else. But I wasn't in the right frame of mind, so I didn't. But I probably should have educated him. But 
my bad. So I'm sorry if that security guard says the same thing to anyone else. Well, maybe that security guard's listening because maybe. he said it to someone else and they said, Oi, fella, get your, get, get your ears and education. Listen to the worst girl gang ever. Possible. Give it's him possible. a shout out, Laura. <laughs> I don't know his name, but yeah, I probably shouldn't mention the hospital. It's either. probably Dick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyway, we digress. <laughs> so, so Bex, following all that, you know, the confirmation and the, the the miscarriage itself. Did you have to go back into the hospital? Or did you go back? Yeah. So I had. Um, they did a follow up, and then that's when I went back and had another scan, an internal scan, and they confirmed that it all gone. And then I had to do a pregnancy test, like two weeks later just to confirm and obviously that came back negative so and then what advice did they give you about trying again wait for one cycle or yeah they gave us some some leaflets they said uh one cycle study could date a pregnancy right um but some people recommend three cycles so that your body can recover well first of all i didn't know when my period was going to come back and actually i mean touch wood but it's been every four weeks again like since that's so good had, that's reassuring yeah it's really reassuring I've had two periods and I just had a breakdown about that as well because when I had my my first period afterwards mm-hmm. I was like it's like it never happened yeah and yeah. I I'm struggling with the fact that it never happened like it's it's like it never happened as much as struggling with the fact that it did happen yeah um and I, and that's when shortly after I spoke to you guys before I then put um, a post up on my social media because I hadn't talked about I told close friends and family it wasn't a secret but I I wanted more people to know so that they maybe think about the pain of it and the emotional turmoil and Mm -hmm. I'm a happy bubbly person I'm quite positive and I just wanted people to be aware that you never know what's going on behind closed doors no yeah maybe you should think about what you say what was the response what was the response oh copycat oh hello jinx touchwood um i can't fault the support i've had from friends family work colleagues people i went to school with that i haven't seen for years that are on my facebook you know like people were genuinely compassionate and that was lovely and there's so many people reached out to me and private messaged me and said, mm. it's happened to me and this is what happened. Or some people have had three or four, two of my friends that one from university, one from um, a former work colleague reached out and said that it happened to them during lockdown. Um, yeah. I think lockdown obviously compounded it because I couldn't even have a hug with my mom which was horrendous yeah Yeah. Um, but I think it helped me I felt like I um shed a load Mm -hmm. a little bit by sharing um and you know I felt like maybe it was a little bit indulgent but I just wanted to be honest about it yeah and think of the people who got in touch with you and so it was you know it's therapeutic for you but also for them and you've been able to create these conversations yeah it's interesting that you say that you you felt it was a bit indulgent because I felt the same like going so publicly with what happened 
in some ways felt so attention seeking. Mm-hmm. And I really had to think, like, what do you want? And I did, like, I will hold my hands up and say, I wanted sympathy. A hundred percent, I wanted sympathy because I felt so shit. I thought someone might be able to give me something that I don't me- have right now that makes me feel better. So I- a part of it was that. But at the same time, I felt so alone and so isolated. And so, and I think Corona compounded that. But mm-hmm. I just thought, I know the statistics. I know that one in four pregnancies end this way. Yeah. So where are the bloody hell? Where are they? Yeah. And therefore, there's. It's like everyone's keeping it secret. Why are they keeping this pain secret? Because I know from my past that pain eats away at you, right? Mm. So if unless you start talking about stuff that bothers you, you're going to turn into something that you are not. You're. Yeah. It's going to twist you up and spit you out as someone sure. that you don't want to be anymore. So I'm thinking. This needs to be talked about. I need to talk about mine and other people need to talk about theirs because no one talks at the moment. And by talking about my situation, oh my gosh, the floodgates open. And so many people said, I am so glad that I talked about this. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so important. Look what you've created, Bex. Exactly. Mm. Created a monster. There's a song in that, Laura. And it's a rap. <laughs> I created a monster because nobody wants to see Marsha no more. They want Shady Man. Blah, 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 blah. Sorry, Bex. Uh, you got a tune that you would like to sing, Bex? <laughs> no, you don't want to hear me sing. I don't, I don't think, think they want to hear us sing. Jake Slutchford. It was me. I said it first. Um. <laughs> it felt like I was, getting, I was worried about being judged for being indulgent and... Fuck them. If they're going to judge you, they're going to judge whatever the fuck you do. I just felt Sorry. like all the things that I share on Facebook, campaigns and political views and things that I think and, you know, charities I support and stuff. And I was like, this is real. This is me. Yeah. What's happened. And there is a shitload of awful stuff happening at the moment with coronavirus and stuff. Mm. But this is another level of what is also going on. It's my reality. So yeah. And it knocks other things into perspective. And I think people will always judge you, but the, the people on social media is so fake and there is so much on there that is people pretending to be what they think other people want that by doing something real, you're doing the whole social media culture a massive favour mm-hmm. by just putting something on there that is not bullshit. Yeah, well done. I applaud you. I felt so much better for doing it. Yeah. Mm. I felt like also it recognised how important those tiny babies were to us. Yeah. Yeah, validation. Yeah, because also you don't tell anyone about it. And then to tell people that you were pregnant but you're not anymore and that you've had a miscarriage is quite difficult. So mm. um, we weren't, we felt like in a way they didn't exist if we don't talk about them. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, we still chat about them now. Like, wouldn't it be mad if we had twins? Like, we'd have to put, because they were identical, they're in the same sack. And, um, and we sit there and we're like, we would have had to put a marker pen on one of their toes because we just wouldn't have known who they were. Like, you know, Aww. stuff like that. So, and that makes us feel better. Yeah. For I think that's so. I think that's so important. So important. Imagine how fat we'd be and hot yeah. in this weather. 
oh, I'd be huge by now. Yeah. It's sad, isn't it? It's sad. And it's, I, rem- I remember a couple of days ago thinking, oh, yes, we don't have to talk about political shit at Christmas because everyone is going to have to come to us because we'll have a baby. And then I was just like, <clears throat> oh, yeah. we won't. But it's that sort of thing, isn't it? They're kind of... Oh, we'd already imagined the Christmases, the new house we'd have to buy, the, you know, the holidays that we were going to have to mm. delay or all of these things that we were, yeah. we were so excited to do. And we also have quite a few friends that are pregnant and due the same, same time or a little bit before we were. And I was really looking forward to like having my maternity leave with my friends and things like that. And now I can't get away from that because it's no. still the same situation. It's just that I'm not involved. Yeah. So, and that's a really bitter pill to swallow, isn't it? Is the fact that you can't be involved. There are good days and bad days. But the thing is, and I think there are more good days than bad days. But on the bad days, I can get myself into a funk and I cannot get out of it. And I don't want to see anyone. I don't want to talk to anyone. If someone asks me how I am, they're liable for me to just dissolve into tears. I'd much rather someone ask. Yes, it's kinder, I think, to ask. And it's difficult for people as well. I understand that. Like, they don't really know what to say, but... I get angry if they say the wrong thing. But. That's okay because we're teaching them, aren't we? Gradually, we the more them. we're talking about it, the lesson one: condom on cucumber. Lesson two: <laughs> saying something is better than saying nothing. <laughs> I think there's a few lessons in between those two, but yeah, it's like a little bit of me that like has to catch a breath if I see a pregnancy announcement or something at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I'm exactly the same. I, you know, you scroll through Facebook and you see the black and white and it's so, it jumps out at you as well, doesn't it? You see the black and white image. And the one that really got me was a video of the scan because obviously it was COVID. So she, the, the, the mum was taking a video of the scan to obviously show her husband or boyfriend. So I saw a video of a 12 week scan and I, I've got kids already. So I knew what that was. I knew what it looked like. And it just, it was like being smacked in the face because it just took me back to the room and about how that very definitely was not happening at the mm. last one I went to. And it really, oh, it just took my breath away. And it's, it's just, yeah, I don't know when that's going to change. No, it was, I hope it, it does change. I mean, I still have it a little bit. Do you? Yeah. Hmm. I think, I think if you've been through it, like I've got a few friends that have been through it and they'll like, they might message me to give me the heads up that they're pregnant before anybody else knows. Right. That is definitely, I think the way to do it. Now I'd love to hear, do you both agree? Yeah. I don't, I don't, if I see it on Facebook and you're a good friend of mine and you know my story and you know what I've been through, mm. I'd much rather you just took the time out to say, look, I know this is really difficult, but. My sister-in-law, she won't mind. She and my brother tried for a long, long time to have babies and eventually they had IVF and they've now got twins and then a surprise baby afterwards. But so she was trying all the way through when I had my children and I remember finding out I was pregnant and feeling so happy and so awful at the same time and phoning her and just saying, I know that you're going to be happy for me, but I just wanted to tell you this before you see it or hear it anywhere else so you can deal with it in your own time. Yeah. And I am aware that it's not good news for you. Unless you've been through it or you're close to someone that's been through it, you, you don't think... and. It happens so much 
we can't hold hold it against people they're just so excited for themselves but we we just need to tell people how to do it and you know mm. what if in our experience what we would prefer oh, it's so tough it's, it's so tough and I hate the fact that I've made people feel like you did Bex when you fell pregnant and you felt bad for for being pregnant bad for that person that you were pregnant and they weren't and I know so many people in my life that have have battled with that and I hate the fact that I've sort of doled down their experiences like my brother and sister-in-law never announced their pregnancies because they didn't feel like they could and, and I've taken that away from them not that they would probably mind that that has happened but that does make you feel worse really knowing that you've put people in that situation yeah yeah but they've got a baby at the end of the day. They've got that, yeah, they've got that they excitement. Have. I hate the fact that I've never been able to feel excited about pregnancy and pregnancy will always be tainted for me now. And actually it was tainted for them because of my experiences. I That's such weird. a selfless way to look at it, Laura. Yeah, it is. Oh, it's I fact. Like my best friend, when I was trying for my daughter and she knew like the struggles we were having and, um, she rang me to tell me about her pregnancy and I just sobbed down the phone to her. Something that was like the happiest news mm. and I couldn't get my words out. And she was like, okay, I just really needed to tell you, but you know, like, and I was like, I'm so sorry because I want, I'm so happy for you because you're going to be a brilliant mother. And like, mm. this, this is great news. And I'm so sorry. I can't control my emotions. Like, yeah so we're all agreed a text, a text message, message yeah. saying that you you know that this is going to be painful to hear but we wanted to tell you personally um yeah just a simple message saying i know this is while it you're going to recognize it's great news for me i know it's not as you say what you want to hear but i just wanted to give you a heads up because we're announcing it on facebook yeah whatever and I wanted to do that on text, so you don't don't feel that you need to Act react straight away. away. Yeah, yeah, it gives you the chance to cry, swear, hate them for a few minutes if you yeah. want to hate, and then when next time you see them, game face on. You can text them congratulations, and yeah, when you see them, you've you've got your game face on, and you, yeah, you haven't got to deal yeah. with the ugly feelings on the outside anyway. <sighs> Oh, it's, it just sucks. That just, just the whole, the whole situation sucks. Yeah. That's why, like, I was so happy that when this time we got pregnant, we weren't even trying properly. We just weren't using contraception, and I felt like this is oh relief. What they tell you is the way that you will get pregnant. Yeah. You're in a stable relationship. You decide yeah. you're ready. You can you can financially handle a just... baby stop using contraception and then easy peasy literally like and i like two months later and you're like i'm pregnant and you're like oh this is what it's like to take a test and be like oh wow rather than counting days and ovulation sticks and all that kind of stuff oh and and cervical mucus don't forget the cervical mucus oh (laughs) do you want to know do you want to know really um do you want to know a really funny story that may about your egg white cervical mucus about my cervical mucus (laughs) (laughs) 
we're, we're trying again for a baby and for a baby as if I need to say that we're trying again and we went camping a couple of weeks ago right and I thought to myself I'm pretty sure it's around now that this is so I went into the tent and quickly checked my cervical mucus <laughs> and then I realized and I did it out of sight of like the door was open, but out of sight of obviously everything. Quick check. I was like, oh, okay, this looks like favorable cervical mucus. Yeah, we can work with this. And I know I turned around and the door behind me was open as well. <laughs> <laughs> so just the fly screen shut. And it's like the whole campsite behind us while I'm there watching me from the back. You're a classy chick, Bex. <laughs> Check my <laughs> oh, no. oh man oh, i mean no. write in on a postcard if you got a worse one <laughs> well yeah. bex it was so lovely to chat to you i feel like we veered off topic we really um, have put the world to rights tonight yeah we really have cool cool <laughs> all right you can do the goodbye thing because i do it all the time um could I sing, sing a goodbye song? No, absolutely okay. not. <laughs> well, in that case, thanks, Bex. It was lovely having you here in the studio. It was great to chat to you. Yeah, and, thank um, you. And keep us posted with all your, you know, I thought journey. you said I was going to do it. What are you buying in for? Well, I'm just saying goodbye. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Okay, now. Keep us posted. And remember, when you get pregnant, you can tell us and we won't post it on Instagram stories. Promise. Pinky promise. Well, um... Yeah, keep in touch and we'll chat soon. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, something like that. That'll do. That'll do. You can cut it. Yeah. Are I'm you going to stop recording? Maybe. <laughs> Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. And please, please, when you have a second, rate us, review us, and share us. And let's get this taboo smashed. See you next week. Bye.